Okay, here we are on January, uh, February 11, 2016, and we are talking about carbide tip pens, edited by Ben Bova and uh, hmm, I forget the other guy's name. Anyway, uh, we'll go around and see what people thought about the book. Well, I guess I'll start out. It was okay. Um, I had two favorite stories. I think my favorite of all was the one about the little boy with the imaginary friends, and there are these two physicists working with this very isolated telescope, and uh, they're out in the middle of Australian desert, I guess, and there's a storm, and this little boy has these imaginary friends that he talks to, and the sky people and all that, and so it tends to be ambiguous. You don't know if there are really aliens trying to contact the little boy, or if it was just a storm uh, coming on, or what it was, but that was my favorite uh, of all the stories. And I'll save the second favorite for later on, I guess. Yeah, that was a nice one, too. I mean, for a moment, I couldn't remember what, what it was. Uh, some of them I didn't like too much, but I, I think I had a, a, a few that I, I thought were pretty good. None of them I thought were that excellent, but I don't know. But I, I like the one about the, that Mars thing, about, you know, that, that way of figuring out how to, how to get the saving astronauts in space with that propulsion system. I thought that was pretty good. And... Another story which was sort of sad about that long afternoon about, you know, Earth being destroyed by this comet or whatever that was coming down, that, 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 that was a sad sort of poignant thing. And then another one that I liked was that one about that, um, what was it called, about that uh, robot or that was on one of the, uh, Europa was it I think, or one of the, the moons there, and, and, and she decided to go on her, you know, the, developed a little bit of a more artificial intelligence and started to think on her own and do the things that she wanted to do on herself, and apparently the humans wouldn't allow her to do that. Uh, that was a nice story, too, and a few others, so it wasn't too bad. I think you're talking about Siren of Titan, where the um, robot probe became self-aware, and then she was wiped. That was probably my favorite story. I also liked the medical tattoo story, which was clever, but it was cruel, so it wasn't my favorite because it was cruel. And Ben Bova's story about the baseball players was amusing. He can always be counted on to write you something of interest. I thought the medical tattoo one was interesting, too, even though, like you said, it was kind of ugly. Um, I thought the one where the guy wanted to have some sort of operation to forget his girlfriend was interesting, and I I like the baseball player one, but like Martin, I didn't think any of these were all that great, and I was kind of surprised that the title of the book was Hard Sci-Fi. I didn't think any of these, well, maybe a couple, were, were what I would call hard sci-fi. Well, I got up through the eighth story. I just wasn't that motivated for some reason this month to read them. I kept getting distracted by nonfiction, mostly, and... uh Lucy and I read the first one, The Long Afternoon, whatever, and uh, that was pretty good. And then uh, I, the last, the, and we skipped the one about the Chinese soldiers being made into a computer, because I actually read that. It's in his three-body problem novel, and so I decided not to bother with it. Um, and she didn't like it anyway. So and the best story of the eight that I read was The Skin Deep, because um, 
Well, it kind of made you want to read. It kind of made you want to know what happened next. Did the company ever go under? Did they get? Did, did, did anybody investigate the murder and find out how? What really happened? You know, it was kind of. You're right. It was kind of cruel. Um, and then Lady with Fox. Oh man, I just I, and that boring story about the ant. You know, the the bomb in the dam where they were going to on the Arctic up in Greenland. And oh man, and. And Thunderwell, the the one about the Mars, it was just it was seemed like just a political speech wrapped up in in story. I mean that's the kind of stuff Analog published all the time when I used to read it, and it was it was not bad, but it was just it was a message story. There's no question about that. So of the eight I read, I I do think the medical tattoo one was the best, but none of them was great, and some of them were just boring. And so I just. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not. Uh, I might, but there's a lot of other stuff clamoring for my reading attention, so I don't know. Uh, and you're right. A lot of these weren't hard SF stories. I mean, that one about the Chinese soldiers was not hard science fiction. Um, the the one about baseball, well, they're biological, so that's sort of gutting into hard science fiction, I guess. They're kind of expanding the definition a little bit. It didn't used to be biological. Uh, didn't used to be part of hard science fiction, I don't think. But now it kind of is, I guess. Anyway, that's uh, what I got out of it so far, anyway. If I were you, Evan, um, if you want to, I would read the last story. Um, that one kind of sticking with me. Uh, it was about this guy who had Alzheimer's and um, <clears throat> they basically find a cure, I think, and it's an interesting... I would have liked to have that one go longer, because um, it would have been interesting. And then the medical tattoos, <laughs> that one was cruel and scary, because the thing is... I, that could happen. I mean, that is beginning. I mean, look at, they're starting to, I don't know how far, what you guys look at um, versus with the science, but they're starting these, or they're thinking about these, these companies thinking about these medical tattoos uh, where it could, um, you don't have to go to the doctor anymore because it tells your doctor the vi- your vitals and if something's wrong, your doctor will call you or, you know, Whatever. So it, it kind of reminded me of that, and it was scary as heck. Oh my gosh! And but the thing is, for this girl to even get—I understand why she did it. So I'm doing my job. Well, okay, but you kind of asked for what you got. You really didn't expect it. You're fighting the company that you get a tattoo from, really? Okay. Um, and the baseball one was was cool. Um, the thing with that is. Um, I like the fact that you could inject your own stem cells and, and you know, uh, that helped you grow healthier or whatever. But I didn't know much about these injections of this. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Telemores or I can't remember what they were called. And you were talking about pol- politics, Evan. I think a lot of these stories had a political message. And I actually skipped two of the of the stories, the one with the mine um, and then the next one after that, I think. Um, I would have loved to. I wish that the story about the 
little boy and the two physicists would have been longer because it said the phone rang and it was coming from Murchison. Well, hey, I want to see who it was. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to read future crimes then because you'll really be scared out of your mind. Um, I haven't read all of it, but um, it's got a lot of stuff like that. Uh, it's a nonfiction book. Um, you, uh, uh, If you haven't read it yet, probably don't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to read that either. That I, the tattoo story was the worst for me. Cause I was scared to death at the end of it. Oh, Miss Chang, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, she's sorry. All right, the creep. I was so mad. But it's just the the ideas of all these remotely controlled things going on and there's no way to back out of it. And, you know, here's this lady getting murdered because she's getting all the stuff she shouldn't have had. And uh, that that was just that was just awful. Oh man, that scares me to death. That's why I'm into herbal medicine. <laughs> At least I know what I'm taking. <laughs> but my other favorite story was the very first one about the black hole that was invading the solar system, and the father was so wonderful. I, that's what touched me about that story. He was so wonderful, and this little girl's scared to death, and he knows it. And he wants to be her father and calm her down. But he, even though he's got all the scientific knowledge, he's scared to death too. Um, and I just thought the humanity in that was so touching. And that's that was my second favorite. Totally agree with you, Mary. I totally agree with you. That That father was so brave. And, you know, his wife had left him and... All he had was basically his little girl, and he wanted to make the best for her. And what did she say? You're a horrible husband, but you're a great father. And, um, oh, that one kind of made me cry. That one that one was a really cool, brave, courageous, heroic story. It really, really was. As far as science fiction books are concerned, I love science fiction, but these anthologies are my kind of science fiction because... You don't, you know, I mean, some of the, the, the science fiction stuff is so long, and if you don't like the general premise, you're sort of stuck for the duration. Of course, I guess it can work in reverse, because if you do like it, then you've got a lot of stuff. But this one, you know, if you don't like something, you just, you know, slough it off, move to the next one. There was one that I couldn't finish. I can't remember which one it was. It just got a little bit too neurotic for me, and, you know, I just wasn't into that. But if I were to pick favorites, I would say the very first story about that father, and then the very last story, um, you know, about the man with Alzheimer's were my two absolute favorites. And I, I really did enjoy the one about the little boy, too, and also the one about the baseball player. And I'm with you. I hated the medical tattoo thing. Um, and I, I guess you're right. Some of them did have some a lot of messages in them. I was fascinated and horrified at the same time about the one about the circles in, in the Chinese, um, you know, and the soldiers, how they were made to, you know, to do this circular thing and then how they were just, you know, it became such a machine that they got annihilated because they were just doing, you know, doggedly doing what they were trained to do. Um, uh, for some reason, it sort of fascinated me and scared me at the same time. I don't know how to explain it, but but it, it really did. But um, I'm with you. Some of it I wouldn't like. The last one, I don't know why. 
the one about the man with Alzheimer's. Uh, it didn't. I if if somebody had torn that out of this book and just presented it to me alone, I don't know if I would have characterized it as science fiction. What do you all think? Well, I think it's future technology or near future technology, so it could be because it's dealing with something that we aren't quite there yet, but at the same time we don't know how people are going to react to it, how human bodies are going to respond to it, um, how families are going to deal with it, and I think that's the whole point of that story was just to explore that. And just the fact that it's really not a mainstream technology yet is is probably why it's science fiction. At least that's the way I looked at it. I'm going to have to reread it because I don't even remember what it was about. I looked at it the same way Mary did. We don't know a lot about it. And uh, it was a good story. They really um, wrote it well. I have to agree with what some of you said. Actually, it was cool. I read it with Audible and... um, there were some very, very, very good narrators who narrated the the stories. Um, but as for it being hard science fiction, um, okay. If that's what you want to think that is, I would not agree. And the, I did, you know, I'm not a numbers person. I am not. And all that circle story was was about numbers and ay, 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 ay. Um, I, I I actually did not skip it. Had it gone any longer, I probably would have. But that probably was my least favorite. Actually, I kind of was amused with it because it's an alternate history. I don't think there was anybody in the second century B.C. in China who even had the genius to think about um computers and anything that even remotely imitated digital devices or electronics. But they could have been, you know, they could have been, but um, I think they probably didn't. Um, But to me it fascinated me because it was kind of like the evolution of computing starting right from the 19th century on up. I can't believe that guy wanted to die with him after he died with the king. That, That was a strange story. I just downloaded Carbide Tip Pins again from Bookshare and noticed that Alzheimer's story is done in classic second person, which is a very rare way to do a story. It's either third person or first. But I couldn't figure out what made it science fiction. Well, I don't know. My least favorite story was probably, well, I didn't actually hate it. I was just so bored with it. That one about the Antarctic, I mean, up in Greenland with the, the two guys and the guy goes and gets the bomb out of the crevasse where the dam they're going to blow up the dam and everything and I was just oh man I just bored and there was another one that wasn't all that great and nobody's mentioned it so apparently it didn't stick with anybody else either the second story about these people who change their bodies and this woman comes in because this guy comes back and they have to figure out who he is whether he's really the same guy or not, and it's, you know, they've all been tortured and stuff, and, oh, man, I just couldn't do it. I I finished it, but I was like, oh, man, I... It could have been really good, you know. It was far future, and I'm, I'm kind of into far future type stuff, but the author just didn't make it good. Well, I think what that had to do, a lot of this, of course, and we've, we've said this how many times when we read short stories, 
a lot of these short stories could be so much better had they been longer. And yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Um, that one was a sad story, and I think you're right. That one had so much more potential. That climate one was totally... I mean, you could see that from the very beginning. It was totally a message about climate change or whatever. It's like, wow, um, aren't we dealing with that today on a political stage? Do we have to deal with it now in a in a, a story? You know, yeah, that was that was so political. It wasn't even funny. Um, there was another one. And I can't remember. I still don't understand why they call it carbide tip pins. I know that carbide is is supposed to be hard or whatever, but I just don't agree with the title. I thought they said that was because it's named after the writers group that wrote some um, the Hort SF maybe. And I was going to comment on Evan's thoughts about the story whether people could change bodies. I couldn't get into it, so I, that was one I skipped. I think that was one I skipped, too. And I agree with you about the Antarctic one or Greenland one. I don't really mind the political message too much, but I didn't think the the story was well written. It was kind of boring, and it could have been better written. One that gave me the creeps was that lady with the fox, and they had that little fox creature that would dance around and entertain people. I thought that little fox creature was really, really creepy, and I would not want a pet artificial pet like that now that sherry i hope this didn't make me interrupt you sometimes that happens you you have your hand up or whatever and all of a sudden you interrupt someone i hope i didn't sorry if i did um that was hard sf i think that was about the hardest that i saw um that was weird because it, it to me it was a little disjointed in that it didn't give enough detail about the woman's virus or whatever that she gave to everybody. And again, I think it's because it was a short story. And if it were longer, um, I think it would have uh, you know, given more detail. I have a question. These short stories and you know, all of the short stories, have they been made into longer stories or do, do, do authors make shorter short stories into longer stories of the same story does that make sense well you didn't did not interrupt me first of all um i have read occasionally of an author who started out with a short story and then expanded it into a long story it seems like stephen king might have done that but i don't know about any of these stories we've read some stuff for the club that started out as a short story like um the one about the psychologist who was trying to analyze dreams and this blind lady comes in. That was a short story, and when we talked about it, I guess it was a couple of years ago, we, who had read the short story, said that it was much better because he expanded that into the novel, and we read the novel, and we thought it just dragged forever. Yeah, that was the Dream Master, and he won an award, Zelazny, and he won a nebula for He Who Shapes, which was the novella or novelette that it... That, uh, was originally that was this novel was expanded into, and then there was Greg Bear's Blood Music, which was a, a novella in analog back in 1983, and it was expanded into a novel. And in that case, I really thought it was great as an expanded. 
but not it doesn't always work and the Zelazny one didn't work as well as a novel as it did in the, in the shorter version and there might have been others but I can't think of any right now and as I said um, this uh, Chinese the Chinese soldiers one is was not expanded into a novel it was an episode in the three body problem but the setting was different um, and I would have to well I might not be able to explain that but um, it had to do with these aliens who were creating this video game to try to seduce humans and they created these different scenarios that you could well they were VR actually they were not video games they were like almost like full immersion VR you could go into and one of them was in this ancient looked like ancient China so it was like a story that he put in there and gave it this context um in the three body problem but this is the original story I guess that doesn't have that context that the novel has I think those um, coyote stories were made into a novel although they he might have just compiled all the various stories he ran in either Analog or Asimov and put them in a book without expanding on them oh and the city and the stars which I think we did uh, I don't remember if we did that or uh, Arthur C. Clarke that was Lissy and I read that, and now she doesn't remember it. But um, that was expanded from a, a novella or a novelette called The Fall of Night, Against the Fall of Night, or something like that. So that was an expansion. There's lots of those around, actually, when you start thinking about it. Yeah, now that we start thinking about it, I think some of Christine Catherine Rush's um, books about the, the people that dive the wrecks, I forget what they're all called. It seems like some of those were short stories, too. I forgot about those were good stories, too. One thing, when getting back to the one story about the fellow that um, they supposedly were going to do the um, the operation so that he wouldn't recognize his, his um, girlfriend anymore, it, to, to me, that was a very humorous story. I don't know. There was just some sort of a cryptic humor in that. And um, when I was going through it, I was thinking to myself, um, you know what, this is um, an expanded version of the placebo effect. You know, they, they convinced him that he had had this operation and, you know, he didn't see her. And and then he, he, he takes up with this Jill, who's the other person that was on the team that before he didn't really have any any time for and um, I think at the end he was really relieved that the operation hadn't been done and um, it was just um, I don't know there, there was a psychological thriller part to that too and, and um, you know as I said the whole thing was screaming out to me placebo effect that's what that was I agree that was kind of a uh subtle scary one too like medical tattoos medical tattoos was quite in your face if you will but this one was kind of scary too in that they're messing with your brain to make you feel a different way yikes i don't know if i'd like that but um it was so funny because when he came out and you know chris took him home how are you feeling well i got a headache oh really <laughs> he was probably laughing to himself but then it's interesting how mind over matter, because he was like, you know, it, dis- it, it described where he couldn't recognize the faces. And, um, you know, it was because I remember uh, in the beginning, Chris told him, you know, there's there's uh, side effects of this. It's You, you might go uh, 
you might have trouble recognizing faces or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden it, it said there was a woman on the team and why didn't you throw it to me? Why didn't you throw it to me? And uh, then all of a sudden Chris is like, oh, by the way, we never did the operation. What? Exactly. I was trying to remember exactly. So actually it was, it was based on the psychological. It was like a, a placebo that they did that really never actually did the operation. And then getting back to that first story um, with that father and his little girl um, and um, how everything just was spinning out into space and everything. Um, I I don't know. There was a lot of symbolism in that, too. Um, I was thinking that before the earth was being destroyed and he was trying to protect his little girl, he was trying to show her the universe and he, you know, um, and his wife didn't have any... You know, he got that planetary thing that she could see the stars and everything. And then, um, you know, she didn't have any, you know, she didn't approve of that. And she was just, um, you know, um, you know, and then she leaves him and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, his um, psychological world starts to spin out into space first. And then the literal world spins out into space but how he he tried right down to the last minute to give that little girl a dream, just to, you know, help her to just um, drop off and um, to try to soften the blow for her. And um, you do have to respect a man like that. Hey, that's some interesting thoughts. I hadn't thought of it like that, but you're right because you're right. His whole world basically spun out of control, and the center of his universe, if you will, became that little girl in the stars. Wow. Yeah, that's a great observation, Carla. That it adds another dimension. I mean, I was so focused on on him and the situation and her and how everything's falling apart. And that was a scary part too when the whole place around him was falling apart just because this black hole was just grabbing and grabbing stuff. <laughs> Man, that was but but you have to love the story if it if you're attracted to that kind of story because of of who the father was. Hi, Marshall. Hello. Well, did everyone have a chance to comment? We are um, talking about the book car- the book that we read. Marshall, did you want to say anything? Well, I don't know. I I didn't particularly like it. I thought there were a few interesting concepts. Uh, the cannon that, that you know the nuclear powered cannon the computer that used a formation of men um, some of the other stuff but you know it was just an okay book I didn't find anything that really grabbed me it seems to be the general consensus well let's see if we can come up with a good book this time that everyone's going to enjoy Maybe someone should write one real quick. Yeah, we'll go back to novels. I forget. Did we have a book already for this month picked out, or did we not? You know what I think we should do? I think each person should suggest a favorite of theirs that they've read or that they're reading. Uh, and hopefully some of us, or most of us, haven't read it, or at least we haven't read it recently. And that way we could uh, maybe you know put one up each month. Or we can talk about um, uh, the list that Lissy sent. Yeah, we found some books that we want to read. Um, and then I found, uh, actually, <clears throat> I was looking for a book that was on the list. 
And then I found another book by the same author that I want to read actually even more. And I wrote to the uh, um, SF list about that. Um, I don't know if it would be to everyone's taste, but I want to read it. Um, it's called Firebird by Charles L. Harness. But I also have on my book sense and on our digital talking book player the NLS's new recording of Solaris by Stanislaw Lem, which I also want to read, but I want to reread it because I read a book, a version that was on the recordings for the blind and dyslexic back in the old, back in the 80s. And, and um, then when they went all digital, they didn't bother to convert it. So it's not up there anymore. Um, so I'm going to read that. This It's not a very long book. Well, neither is Firebird. But um, those are the two that I hope to read this month. And I think Lissy and I are going to read Try Solaris together. I don't know if she'll like it or not. It's a little spooky in places. I know Mary's read it. Um, I don't think she liked it that much. But she can talk about that. Um, but those are the two that I'm thinking about this month. But I, I'm hoping other people will come up with some ideas. Because they may not like these as much. Well, can you tell us just at a high level what each of those are about? I am, I'm reading Solaris, and I, I think I like it, but I don't know if Lissy would like it or not. Um, it is, it's kind of spooky, like you said, because I mean I haven't read the whole thing, but the guy come and I'm not spoiling anything, because like, like I said, I haven't read the whole thing, but the guy comes into the onto the um, this planet, and right away, he's, it's, it kind of starts out like, "What in the world is going on here?" So, um, I'm reading it. So, if we just read it, I have it. You also mentioned paradox, Evan. I had to say that slowly. I didn't want to mix up my words. Oh yeah, the the paradox one by also by Charles Harness. Um, I haven't read that. I don't think it's... It's on Bookshare, but it's not on Bard. Uh, NLS recorded or brailed it, I think, about 20 years ago, I think. Um, Solaris is very spooky. I'm surprised that they call it a science fiction novel. It's more of a psychological thing because this... I figure people, if you're going to read it, you're going to find out anyway, so I'll just tell you real quick that there's a an ocean on this planet that seems to be somehow sentient. I can't really say it's intelligent in our way of thinking, but it's sort of weird, intelligent in another way of thinking, and all these weird things start happening to people on the planet. Um, it's just weird. <laughs> I read it. I don't want to read it again, thank you. <laughs> I know I read it recently. So... Um, it's not something that's for everybody, um, but it's let's just say it's an experience. You know, I don't understand or remember how it is, but I got that as a as a play from the BBC. I think it, I got it from Audible when I was able to access Audible a while back. I don't know, if Mary, you recommended it. You must must have because otherwise, uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have known about it. So I, I, it's about an hour long. I think it is like a, like a you know a dramatization of it, and it is quite weird hearing it you know what i listened to the sample of it 
and because I was going to get the audible version as well, and I listened to a sample of it, and I, I didn't like that one, <laughs> so I just got it in Braille. Well, yeah, and it, yeah, as I, I, I agree, it's a little scary, but it's definitely science fiction. I mean, I, um, Stanislaw Lem was someone who was not nearly so optimistic as uh, many. SF writers and the Gene Roddenberry and other people that we would be able to communicate or even understand alien life forms. And this is one of the books that he wrote to kind of play out some of his ideas on how hard it could be, how alien, truly alien life would be. And this ocean, and and it tries to communicate, it seems to be trying to communicate with them. It, it seems to be drawing, like, people that it, they, people knows... Um, it seems to be drawing from their memories and creating people that they know. and But they're not right. There's something wrong with them. And you can see when, you know, the guy's talking to, you know, his former lover, he knows that she can't be here and she's not right, but she seems to know a lot. But, yeah, and so it's, it's, it's spooky. But then, you know, he describes all these different things that the ocean creates, you know, things like symmetriads and all these different things, and it's, his imagination is just incredibly fertile, or was, and the guy is it's just, um, it's a strange, and he never really resolves it at the end, whether the ocean is intelligent or, and there's just a wonderful scene at the very end, and I don't think I want to spoil it, but I'll just mention the hand for Mary, who, remember, who will remember it at the end. Oh, I'm just going to mention it because we're probably not going to do it uh, for the club. Uh, but he puts his hand down near the ocean, and the ocean mirrors his hand. And I think, I think that's the last scene in the book. And it's just a very moving way to end that book. And I think it's a marvelous book. But I, I do agree it's probably not for everyone. And actually, that didn't spoil it because I still don't know what you're talking about. Um so that works well. <clears throat> what is Paradox, no, um, Firebird about? Oh, it's this real far-out thing. These two computers uh, control all life in the universe, and they uh, want to... You know, I better go over to Bookshare and look it up to be sure. But it's really... And then... Um, but they realize that they want to gain our immortality. But to do that, they have to collapse the universe. And But there's... And, and humans can really do nothing about it. But then... Uh, a ship with uh, a, a really far out starship with humans aboard and some kind of technology with a force intends to stop them I think that's about what it's about yep it is now that you mention it because uh, we you know we saw this on the list and I totally forgot um, about the, yeah that's what it is oh that sounds like a very interesting book yeah yeah, I downloaded it, and I couldn't get any impression of how long it is. As I said in my email earlier today, it was originally published in 1981. So I don't think the computer info would be that far off, because you know, the, even though the personal computer wasn't on the scene too much yet, they still had some pretty advanced uh, mainframe technology. Um, there's a lot of chapters in it. I don't know if the chapters are real short or what. Um, I was looking at it after I got it from Bookshare, 
and I was going to put it into audio form so I could read it, or at least get a good idea of how long it is and stuff. But there's a lot of chapters in there. Another book, well, we had several, Lissy and I wrote, we're, we're starting to make a list, and uh, we had several from the Pringle book. Now we're having trouble finding books as, as we go on, as I wrote the list earlier. But, um, And I am not, as I've mentioned before, a huge Heinlein fan, but he made... Have Spacesuit Will Travel sound like it really might be a very interesting book to read. And I don't know how many of you might have read it, but um, it sounds pretty cool, actually, as Pringle described it. I read it. It's for teenagers. Um, it's only in two Braille volumes from NLS, and I've forgotten now whether they put it on um, in audio format. I think they might have recently uploaded, but I could be wrong. I know I've got the Braille version of it from NLS, um, actually downloaded from BARD in the Braille section. Didn't we read that for our club, or no? Not while I was here, you didn't. No, I'm sure we haven't. I also want to mention a book that I mentioned last month, too, that the person I know who runs a book club read and liked very much, and that was Galileo's Dream. Oh, and... Um um, before I forget, um, isn't a case of conscience on your favorites list, Mary? Lucy and I thought about reading that one too, uh, for, out of the Pringle book. We thought that one sounded like it might be interesting too. It is, it is, and I can't remember if it's a separate book on Bard, but I know that I have seen it in a collection called American Science Fiction. There were two volumes, and each volume had four. One volume had four novels, and the second volume had five novels. And the Case of Conscience was only about three hours long, actually. So it wasn't really one of the most um, lengthy books in the world, but it was one of my favorites. And it's the one where a priest goes down to a planet and discovers a race of reptiles, and they tend to violate every Catholic view that he has because he discovers that they all understand reason, but they don't have any understanding of anything spiritual. So uh, kind of sad because in the end the planet gets destroyed and it's politics again, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I probably spoiled it. But, well, you know, when you talk about books, you're going to talk about spoilers. It's inevitable. Yeah, I guess now we know how that one will end. Um, what was the Galileo's dream about? And I guess I'll mention the two I have on my stream now, but I don't think they'll be of interest to other people. One's by Alan Steele, and it's Chronospace, and it's about some people that go back in time. That's one of my favorite things is time travel, and they mess with the Hindenburg explosion, and it changes the world. And some alien beings that are described in the annotation as angels, but I don't know if they're angels in the religious sense or not have to uh, fix things. And the other one I have is the Chronoliths, which is by, I think the last name is Wilson, and it's about um, some monuments that show up that have something inscribed on them about victory 2041, and no one knows what they are, and a cult evolves around um, worshiping these monuments, it sounds like. But anyway, I wanted to know what the Galileo's dream was about, too. Hey, we got a lot of suggestions. I think we're, we've got the year. <laughs> I think Galileo's dream, uh, it, it has to do with time travel also, uh, because I, I don't know too much about it, but if I remember vaguely, uh, someone from the future, an alien from the future goes to the, back to the time of Galileo and uh, influences him in, in some of his um, discoveries, I believe. 
Is that on Bard? Because I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yes it is. I think it's pretty long, too. I think it may be around 21, 29 hours, I think. I'm not sure. Ooh, that's long, 29 hours. You'd have to breed an hour a day. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> I, I'll go with the consensus of the crowd, but I'm thinking maybe Firebird or Solaris. One of the, I'm thinking maybe Firebird would be for the group. Yeah, I'm kind of limited in the, in the next uh, four or five months about how much I can read because I'm dealing with signing up for Medicare and I've got to do a bunch of research for that. And then, well, this month I have my renter's insurance policy to read so I can understand if I want to well, I'll probably go with it, but I want to make sure I know what's new and then I want to get a Windows 10 machine and then I've got some AT&T stuff coming in July. So... My ability to read long books is going to be somewhat limited. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that one. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't care for time travel much, but um, we could read something time travel related. But a book that long, though, we might want to save it for one of our five-week months, um, which uh, will probably, yeah, will come up between April and May if I'm doing my figures correctly. Um, uh, March, uh, uh, our next meeting's, I guess, is this a leap year or what? Yes, this is a leap year, so our next meeting is, I think, the 10th. I'm fine with either Firebird or Solaris. I, I tend to like Spooky, so I might lean towards Solaris, but I'll go with either one of those. Yeah, our next meeting's on the 10th. I'm looking at my National Barrel Press calendar. March the 10th. So our five next five week month would be from March tenth to April fourteenth. So we could do if people want to do Galileo's dream, that might be the time to do it. I think that's a good idea. I also like um, Sherry's book about the Hindenburg. That might be interesting too. Not for this month probably, but you know how long that is, Sherry. Yeah, it's only nine or ten hours. Well, I would vote for Solaris. I'd, I'd like to, you know, after having heard it, I would like to read it and, and, you know, and see how, in the written format, how it varies or how it's a bit similar to the presentation. Marshall, do you have any ideas? If he's still here, I didn't even look. Yeah, I'm still here. I don't have anything. I haven't read much science fiction that I want to recommend read a couple of books, but I need, didn't get really wild about either one of them. Is Carla still here? I think she left. How about you, Dave? I haven't read anything I want to share either. I'll kind of go with the group. I think Galileo's Dream might be good in March, and whatever the time travel book's name was, Chrono, something that was recommended at the Hindenburg might be a good one later, too. I just forgot what it was called. That one was Chrono Space with, by Alan Steele. I think we got three for Solaris, I think. Would I be right? Would it be me, Sherry, Evan, and, oh, four, Martin? Am I right about that? Yep, I'm for Solaris. Yeah, I, that would be fine with me. Yeah, you got a lot of Chronos on your Victor stream now, Sherry. Yeah, Solaris is okay. I I can't remember now um, if I actually sat down and reread the whole thing or if I just read certain portions of it. But, um, yeah, I'll, if I've read it, I'll just go take a nap somewhere. 
probably going to need it anyway in the next couple of months. You're right, Evan. I do have a couple of chronos on my stream, which is kind of a strange coincidence. Um, although maybe not since when I pick SF, I tend to like sci-fi stuff. Although the second chrono, the chrono list, is not a time travel one. So, well, maybe it'll end up being that. I don't know. So it sounds like we've decided on Solaris. Can somebody remind me of the author again? Stanislaw Lem, L-E-M. And I know that at least one of us, Martin, um, likes the book number, and I can get that presently. It's not a very long book. It's only like seven and a half hours or something like that. So it's a good one for this month. The number would be appreciated. Hey, while um, Evan's getting the book number, I'll make a plug for your book club, Sherry. Um, Fiction Old and New is reading... Oh, my gosh. Um, Edith Horton's... um, Oh, it's so funny. I have it, and I forgot what it was. Okay, Sherry, it's your turn. Sorry. Well, first of all, the um, Solaris is eight. Oh, wow, I just I just had it on board. Now when I push the thing, I forgot the number. Let me check again. Eight two four nine five, and I was wrong. It's uh, eight hours and fifty five minutes. So it's still not too long, though. Uh, and but I don't know if Bookshare has it, and if they do, what kind of shape it's in. But but we have a nice new version from Bard, so I'm going to read that one. Yeah, I'm downloading it as we speak. Um, yeah, Leela, fictional to new, we're reading The Custom of the Country, which is an Edith Wharton book. It's um, Apparently it was the, her favorite of the ones that she wrote. Uh, book share quality is not good. I tried it, and I'm glad that it got brailed for Bard because um, that book share, it um, takes off words. and No, no, it's not very good unless there's a couple of... Um, I noticed that sometimes Bookshare has like two or three of the same book. Yeah, what happens is sometimes publishers will give, sometimes more than one publisher will give their books to Bookshare. Like, um, there's a few different versions of the Night's Dawn trilogy up there from different publishers, paperback and British publisher, and um, there's like three different versions of almost of, of all the Night's Dawn trilogy books, and. Uh, sometimes they pub- they get a publisher book and they don't take down the old copy. Sometimes they leave them both up for other reasons. Like sometimes a book will have image descriptions, and they'll make an exception for that. If a if a volunteer version has dim- image descriptions, the publisher book may not. They'll leave it up for there's they'll leave it up for that reason. There's a number of reasons why there can be multiple versions of a of a book up there. You can't read image descriptions in Braille, though, can you? How? What? How? The image descriptions are actually inserted as text, and yes, you can read them because they're described in in some sort of parentheses or brackets, or maybe the person who worked on the book said image colon, and then sometimes there's a description, but some of the Windows books I've been looking at lately, they just say image, image, image in some situations, and some other books I've looked at recently on retirement that have all kinds of financial charts, and they have a lot of tables, and sometimes they'll give you the table caption and the name of the table and the number, and then it says image, image, and that's all you get. So um, 
Bookshare is just not real consistent about how they do things these days. I've seen many, many copies of books by, for example, C.S. Lewis, and sometimes a publisher re-releases a book in the same year that they put put out the first one, and they're all pretty much the same. So they're not real consistent these days, at least I don't think so. Yeah, and well, what's happening now is even with the publisher books, they just insert the word image wherever there might be. I've got books. I've got a book here now that just says image in front of the chapter title because there, who knows, there might be some graphic in the print version. But instead of, you know, there's nobody there to describe it. It's just coming from the publisher as an electronic file. I'm talking about image descriptions that volunteers do. Lissy does has done quite a few for kids' books and um, for not just for you know adult books, not adult books, but uh, books for adults. And um, she's and so they'll Bookshare will keep those if they have image dis- actual descriptions of the pictures or image or uh, drawings or whatever. Um, they have a whole bunch of volunteers doing these uh, image descriptions for textbooks. That's a completely separate, you know, operation, as far as I know, from what uh, uh, the proofreading is. So, uh, anyway, um, let me close the recording by saying that next month our meeting is on March 10th, 2016. We're going to be doing the book Solaris by Stanislaw Lem.